You're listening to Curated Consciously, your all-in-one platform for navigating and nurturing your conscious living journey. Why? Because diving into environmental justice comes with heartache and a lot of damn work. We gotta do it, but as a community, we can make the load a little lighter. Every week, we're bringing you stories, insight, and wisdom from a diverse community of leaders, activists, and influencers helping you live a more holistic lifestyle that connects your health, wellness, and love from Mama Earth. This podcast is sponsored by Cause Artists, the world's number one platform for social impact and innovation stories around the world. If you're looking to get inspired, hit us up at causeartists.com. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, curator-in-chief at Curated Consciously and social entrepreneur. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation, curated consciously. Hey, hey you. How comfortable are you with talking about your body? When someone comes up to you and says, hey, you look like you've lost weight. Or maybe, hey, you've gained weight. Or maybe you just are constantly comparing yourself in the mirror, on Instagram. Oh God, the worst. All the Kylie Jenners on Instagram. Have you ever taken a moment to just pause and be grateful and appreciative to your ancestors for gifting you the unique body that you have? The unique strength that you have? The courage you have to pull off the style that you love? To speak your mind? To not let your physical form get in the way of fulfilling your purpose on this earth. Today, I'm so grateful to welcome back my amazing human, Kelsey White. (laughs) We're going to be diving into that second puberty, that second puberty we all go through in our late 20s, early 30s, and how our ancestral story has shaped our connection with our bodies, how fast fashion has fueled body stereotypes and how white supremacy is actually to blame for it. I know I said I would make these episodes a little lighter, but there's just so much to dive into. So take a deep breath. Let's dive in. I am joining today from rural Alberta, Canada, and it has been a shift, a recent shift, where Jazz and I were um, spending the last two years doing life together in Rajasthan at Hara House. And um, thankfully that has blossomed and grown and deepened in a lot of really powerful ways. And uh, we choose to still be connected to each other. And so I am honored to be with you and be discussing things for Curated Consciously that we wanna bring out to the community and and to join in in conversation. Yes, and I am like so excited that I'm gonna just be picking your brain constantly. Kelsey is just one of these phenomenal humans that can break down complex topics and make make it easy to absorb and consume and actually implement into your daily lifestyle. Um, Kelsey is one of the most incredible facilitators I know. Uh, Kelsey's actually 
developed not only um, programs under the Hotter World umbrella, but also uh, we worked together with Operation Groundswell, an amazing nonprofit um, experiential travel organization based in Toronto, where I'm from. And uh, we were working together here in India, which led us on this journey to um, developing Hada House Together, which is uh, my zero waste guest house here in India, which of course is not running currently um, because of all the bullshit of 2020 and COVID. And uh, we'll get into another episode again on tourism because that's another topic we love to talk about. But today I want to talk about body image. I, as a you know, mixed race female, you know, I'm finally seeing myself represented in mainstream media, like big butts and like curvy, curvy shapes. And, you know, the idea of just having curly hair is like now super cool and freckles. And, you know, I remember reflecting on this last year uh, when I was doing a lot of like mm, some modeling stuff. And, you know, I realized that I was, you know, people wanted to have me um, represent their brands because this unique look was finally in. And, um, you know, at first I didn't really think much of it, but then I started really reflecting and being like, well, shit, like what? So now my body's accepted. So people want me all over their branding. Um, and, and that was, you know, something that really challenged me and also made me feel like I needed to be harder on myself around, you know, what I, how I wanted my body to look in these campaigns or, you know, in a bathing suit or like, you know, as like whenever you're in a modeling space, I feel like you're even you're throwing yourself down a rabbit hole even harder because there's so many more people who are seeing you in the public eye. So Kels, you know, I want to hear about your journey. Um, you know, give us a little bit of an overview and then we'll dive deeper into some of the different, um, you know, concepts we're going to chat about today. But, you know, what has your experience been like uh, navigating, you know, your unique body and, and, and you know, how, how you've experienced that through the ages? You know, where are you at now? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I grew up on a farm and I was the youngest of four kids and very active in our lifestyle. And I was very much, uh, I followed my older brother around a lot of the time. And so um, I didn't really um, start paying attention to body image until my, I guess, I guess all of us kind of start um, into that a bit more in our junior high to high school years. And, um, I have always kind of, I, I've always pride myself on loving my body and being comfortable in my own skin and it not mattering what I look like on the outside, but it matters what I look like on the inside. And that has, has been a huge part of the way that I associate with my body throughout my lifetime, uh, but it's been, I truly believe, I truly believe that we all go through a second puberty in our 20s, that like our faces change into adulthood and we, uh, like our eyes settle in a little bit more. And so it's, uh, it's an interesting time to go through 20s, thinking that in your early 20s, you think kind of that you made it somewhere that you've established who you are and then uh, by the time you're entering into your 30s everything's changing again and never mind if you've had children um, as a woman that's an entirely different shift to your body um, and so that's been a very very interesting experience 
um, to just have recently gone through. And I did want to, I did want to say that like part of being someone who prides themselves on not caring about their body image of the way that the society determines a body should be. I've never subscribed to that. I never uh, have subscribed my friends to that. Um, it has been fascinating for me to watch my body shift in ways that I enjoy and to take pride and pleasure in that. And then on the other side, to watch my body shift into uh, things that I don't enjoy and and feeling like well i'm a person who loves my body i'm a i'm a person who doesn't care what society thinks about my body and so i'm supposed to enjoy my body no matter what so am i being hypocritical if my body has changed in a way that i don't love is uh it's kind of actually what I'm going through right now. And so I did want to say uh, to our audience and, and also acknowledging um, the space that you've created here, Jazz, is that I don't find talking about body image in a casual setting very helpful. Um, it's not a topic that I bring up in social settings and with my girlfriends. It's um, the the thing about our bodies is it's a very individual experience and our bodies become very politicized as women um whatever form of of woman you are you have a very politicized body in this world um and that's kind of across the globe it's good across the board which is terrifying in a lot of ways and so when when we're talking one-on-one -on -one, or talking in a group and saying uh if if i am well i don't know uh putting myself down because of the way that my body looks well your body might look that very way and so then you might be thinking well is kelsey saying this about my body and so that's kind of that's kind of why i, I don't choose to talk about body image um, in in casual settings, and there are there are a very small handful of my friends that I I will bring it up with if I'm struggling with something. But it's actually something that I've chosen to take to counseling um, because it's a unbiased third party um, perspective and actually like this person on the other side of the phone during COVID can't see me. My therapist has never seen me. Um, and so we're just talking about my experience with my body. And so I did want to acknowledge um, just here and with our community that Jazz and I have entered into this conversation um, with uh, consent and with gratitude and with grace. Um, but then it's it's a sensitive topic um and so if at any point that as an audience member you feel like it's something that you need to step away from then i definitely encourage that mm, thank you for thank you for sharing that kels and for uh including that statement because i think yeah you know i feel like sometimes we also um are not 
mentally ready to sometimes enter these conversations or, you know, start kind of navigating them more. And, um, and I think that's really important. I think that's something that we should always state is like, if you are not comfortable moving forward with this conversation, like come back at a later time when you're ready. Uh, because, uh, and this is a note I made because, you know, body image plays a huge role on your mental health. And if you are not feeling healthy in the conversation, then you need to end it. And, you know, something that you, that you pointed at there, like in talking about, you know, body image in casual settings, you know, one of the things that we both observed, you know, living here in India is that body image is constantly challenged so forwardly, you know, like we have aunties and uncles, you know, they see you after like a couple months and they're like, oh, you've gained weight or, oh, you lost weight. You need to eat more. Or, you know, they're, it's just such a part of the culture to address, um, weight and image and like, you know, like I've had aunties tell me like, oh, your hair looks bad or like your hair is oily or like your hair needs oil, you know, like they're just, they're, it's, it's such an openly discussed topic. And, and it's, it's beautiful to see the young generation coming in and being like, uh, listen, like this is not okay. Like fuck off. You have no say over like what my body looks like, how I, how I want to be seen. And uh, I don't want to have this conversation with you, but obviously like as our generation of badasses like try and challenge that status quo. You know, it it is a mental health, um, a mental health issue because like you can go and visit your family, like you know your aunties and uncles, and pay respect. And like if you're constantly being told, you know, uh, you know they're they're constantly just throwing comments and statements at you and like suggestions of what to do about like your body image. It's like enough already. This is this is not your place. So tell us. I'm curious. You know. Um, uh, you know, bringing in kind of like a, a cultural aspect, um, you know, what were maybe some of the challenges for you or maybe some lived experiences that you faced while you were here that challenged, um, you know, how you felt confident in your body um, throughout your time here? Because it was a long time and we both went through um, some, some, some big transitions with like, uh, with body and, uh, you know, it just sitting on the roof eating like three three containers of cookies to like exercising like week after week, you know, we were constantly being challenged. We're challenging ourselves and then being challenged by our community because they were so forward about it. So what were some of your experiences, um, you know, you know, takeaways from that experience? Well, one of the things that I think is most fascinating is that um, throughout this past winter, you and I both dropped a lot of weight really quickly. And then in February had like friends and family and loved ones comment on it quite a bit in, in the congratulatory and like, like loving manner. Um, and my go-to response for that was just like, oh, this is not like, this is not a healthy representation of our lifestyles. Like, we have been stressed, we have been working, we have been like, there have been <laughs> kind of insurmountable uh, obstacles that we've had to try and navigate and a lot of conflict. And like, sometimes we will eat really well and make food for each other in the house and um, make sure that we're, we're as like on target and working out and other days we'll go a full day without eating a proper meal and it'll just be like 
peanut butter toast with banana, right? Like, so and samosas. And samosas. What do you please? Um, and so, and that thing happens a lot. Um, there, I've had friends who in in Canada have been ill, who've been sick, and and their coworkers would just comment on it, like flippantly and say oh my goodness you look amazing and this person's like uh yeah i'm i can't move like i can't move properly my my back is messed up or like whatever it is um or if it's mental health issue um and so that's one of the things that i find so fascinating in in the way that our bodies are are narrated in society and i would use that word narration because um the other thing that we see in india all the time is, for women specifically is that um they have to look a certain way before shadi before their marriage and then after they get married it's this like a sign of well i made it if you gain a lot of weight and also mm. like that transition always healthy either um and we've seen that happen time and time again right yeah um so so there's all of these different narrations going on that are outside of ourselves when body image is this personal thing and and one of the things in my uh, lived experience is i actually went to fashion school for um three years in my early 20s and it it was um, kind of a surprise to me, but it ended up being something that I completely love. And um, it was out of this desire to, like I could sketch designs, but I wanted to be able to make them real. And our entire learning throughout that whole course is couture clothing. So it's made for the individual. And so I learned how to take measurements from themselves put them onto 2D paper, and then put that into 3D fabric and be able to wear it and be able, and for it to look flattering on me. And like our, our school, one of the first things they said is there's no such thing as body shape. Like take the pear shape and the curve shape and the hourglass shape, like it's your shape, it's your body. And the, the what we're given, what we are given to consume, and we are consumerist culture um, in fast fashion, is that fast fashion is how can I make the most out of this material or this work or this person or this anything, right? And so, and so if if we tweak the sizes, if we tweak the sizes so that we can use less fabric. And that we can tell people who are buying clothes, oh, well, but if you're that tall, you shouldn't be that wide. Or if you're that short, you definitely shouldn't be that wide and you need to have a smaller waist. And all of these, these ways that, that sizing is made in fast fashion is you have a, you know, an average size, let's go size eight, and then they build up from that. And they build down from that to get the other size in. And it doesn't take into account that bodies are individual. And, and so you get 
clothing that doesn't fit and clothing that gets wrecked and clothing that is uncomfortable and that uncomfortability as you're wearing it isn't oh this this company made this clothing incorrectly as you're wearing it you're saying to yourself oh my body is made incorrectly mm. That's so, so powerful because like I can recall the first time I felt that and I was in sixth grade, um, you know, as someone of Caribbean descent, you know, my body is very much like my, my, like my father's side of the family. I'm very like dense bones, like very athletic shape. Um, like, you know, my, I definitely can fluctuate a little bit, but like, I've, I've been the same size since I was in sixth grade. So imagine how insecure I was in sixth grade, having like a fully developed booty and these like thighs that could just like break necks and, you know, trying to find pants at, at, at shops, you know, oh my God, what shops existed in sixth grade? I can't even remember. But I'm like, oh God. Um, but you know, I remember my mother. Stitches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sirens. Like the oh puke. Um, but like I remember being so like distraught that like I couldn't wear the same pants that all of my, you know, white friends were wearing. And I, I also, you know, grew up in like a very, you know, white community. So it was really also really hard for me to connect with diverse body types other than with my family and um and they were in in different areas of um, like outside of the toronto area so you know i was kind of associating that like i need to look a certain way in this certain community that i was living in and when my mom had to buy me um uh, yeah, I, that's right. I owned apple bottom jeans uh, when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> but you know, those so were, yeah, like, I, I'm like literally a flow rider song. Um, I, you know, I finally had a pair of jeans that fit me correctly. And I remember my mom, you know, I think, you know, this was definitely something that my mom was consciously doing. Like she would, you know, when I came home with clothing, like, you know, apple bottom jeans and things that like, you know, my friends obviously weren't wearing or even my, you know, my mom's side of the family wasn't wearing, you know, she would make me like model the clothing around the house. And, you know, her goal was like to make me feel like so fabulous in this clothing. Right. And, you know, that, that definitely, it helped, but like, obviously it was individual journey, but like at the same time, every day I'm still doing things like straightening my hair so I can fit in with my, with my, you know, white community or, you know, um, still like looking at my butt and being like, oh my God, it's too big. Like no one's butt looks like this. And, you know, trying to hide it with like long t-shirts and stuff like that at a young age. And, you know, um, obviously as, as, as I've aged, being comfortable with my body in clothing um, has definitely been a challenge. And I think what I started, I finally started to get comfortable in certain items and then realized living in India, that those certain items weren't always necessarily appropriate in so many um, situations. So, you know, uh, when I am in like, you know, more conservative areas or with, you know, uh, family gatherings and stuff, I'm obviously having to wear things that I don't feel comfortable in, um, but, you know, suit the dynamic of the situation, um, whether that's like a Punjabi suit or, you know, needing to um, cover certain aspects of my body so that they're not emphasized in any way. And that, you know, one of those things being my butt. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and thinking about also going on the cultural side of this, you know, I, um, as someone who's, who's also traveled extensively and like been 
uh, when I was in West Africa, when I was visiting Ghana, um, you know, I remember for the first time really seeing the reverse in, um, like, I've always, like, my Caribbean side of the family, you know, all, again, still very diverse bodies, but there's definitely, like, a, a lot of stereotypes or, or characteristics that are um, similar about all of our bodies. However, in Ghana, you know, I get there and, you know, bigger women are the ones that are actually celebrated. You know, uh, bigger women, that's like a, a sign of, of health and wealth. And, you know, men are, you know, the, the first thing that you want to do when you take out a woman is you want to buy her like a big ass meal. And it's like, you know, if, if we brought that into our culture in Canada, where like, you know, I remember friends being like so nervous about ordering food on a first date because they were like terrified of like connecting with food and their body and like expressing the kind of food that they love like the amount of times i you know especially in, and that's perpetuated also in in um like mainstream media as well like in in cinema like these women who go on dates and like just eat salads you know and and that is such that's such a that's a bigger problem than we even realize because if we're constantly consuming that media and then thinking like oh shit that i need to be doing that as well i should be showcasing how much i love food or my relationship with food in my relationships you're already setting very unhealthy um, uh, boundaries for yourself in that relationship because how are you now going to navigate that journey with that person if you decide to move forward in that partnership? Um, if you already set um, a standard or you know you've already brought an insecurity into the relationship and now need to and, and need to navigate it individually before you navigate it as um, a partnership. Um, so those are just some, some additional thoughts, but I'm, I'm, thank you so much for speaking on, um, fashion though, because I think it's really, really important to talk about accessibility, uh, for in clothing for diverse body types. And, um, you know, I know, I think we all know it's there, but we don't address it as openly as we should. hundred percent, hundred percent. And the, tying that into, um, your ancestry and your heritage, this idea of, um, like western culture being like western culture wants to be global culture and there's a, a amazing ted talk called dangers of a single story that says that the like the majority of the stories that we hear in media in um music <laughs> um and in even if you look at the people who are upload video, upload video, uploading videos on YouTube, the majority of them are Western. And so this idea of body image, the idea of the goal weight, the, even the idea that like you want to get to a target in your body and then stay there is a form of white supremacy because our bodies are meant to move. Our bodies are meant to shift. Our, the climate is always shifting. The earth is always shifting. We are created, even if you like, let's break it down, make it super simple. And let's look at the way that dog's hair will shed from the transition between winter and summer. That is not staying the same, right? Or like, or if we're, if we're looking at bears who who hibernate, they pack on the pounds for the long sleep through the winter. And, and there's this idea that our bodies, bodies can shift with the needs of the environment around them. And our bodies are this wild thing, this wild thing that's meant to 
be ever changing and adapting and whether that's with our mental health or with our lifestyles and the idea that it's supposed to be this one story this dangerous single story is a form of white supremacy it's it's interesting because i find still as a woman of color i still struggle with navigating like okay where does this what is this challenge what is this problem rooted in why do i feel like i am not represented why do i feel like i'm constantly challenging my own mental health to fit into kind of a norm or a stereotype when in reality yes it is a form of white supremacy and thank you for noting that um and you know i've, I've actually i've been listening to a lot of talks um, and i actually just did an interview with um ashada kochar who is uh the founder of Loda India, um, a fashion label here in India. And we were talking about decolonizing design. Um, and, you know, we, you know that, that kind of went deeper into the root of like, you know, the agricultural history of India and talking about how like colonialism, that is like deeply rooted in the, basically the, the fuck uppery of, <laughs> of like agriculture here in India in regards to like cotton production and, like completely wiping out indigenous crops that were that were used um, for you know textiles, and I also just recently listened to another podcast, uh, Green Dreamer. I absolutely love that podcast um, with Aditi uh, Mayer, who's um, another South Asian woman that I absolutely uh, fangirl over because of just her. She really knows how to break down the fashion industry and, and the fact that it does need to fully be decolonized and like talking about even just she she works more on like the garment worker side and like you know freedom and, and then human rights for garment workers especially in los angeles where she resides and it is fucking fascinating the way that we actually see this 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 trend of like of we actually need to decolonize almost every industry for us to actually start diving deeper into our understanding of these topics, how they affect us individually, and, th and then build them back up to build, an inc build inclusive, uh, not just industries, but build inclusion in these conversations because we're lacking so many diverse voices and, di and, and people of color, you know, the BIPOC community, even the LGBTQ plus community are always going to be always going to be the minority in these topics if we don't include more of their voices. And, you know, I know in, in this situation, um, you know, going forward with Curated Consciously um, podcast, you know, I'm taking that role as the BIPOC and we'll be bringing on more BIPOC and LGBTQ plus people into the, into the conversation so that we could have more diversity in these conversations. Um, however, you know, it's, it's very clear that we also need people who are within the majority, the white population majority, um, to also openly be discussing like, hey, I'm recognizing that these are the problems. You know, these are some of the things that are happening. And then here are some of the solutions. So like, Kelsey, this is why, you know, as someone, well, I fucking love you in general, but you know, just someone who can come into the conversation and be like, hey, like I recognize as a Caucasian human that like these are the issues that we're facing and I wanna be part of the conversation so that I can understand what the challenges are from all angles and then also help be part of the solution. So I'm curious to kind of wind us down, 
what do you think are some of the solutions moving forward? So like, you know, for example, how do we address body image in casual settings? What do you think are ways that, um, you know, we can be more um, in inclusive and, and respectful of our, you know, even our, our intimate connections, whether that's like family, friends, partners, you know, what are maybe some of the things that we can implement into our language to make sure that we are not, um, you know, fueling the fire when it comes to, uh, to, to body image and its connection to like social and political movement. I mean, that's a, that's a heavy task you've given me there. Um, but I, I would say there are, there are a couple strategies that I use. Um, and one of them is that it is never okay to comment flippantly on someone else's body or their appearance. Um, I would say that it's, you know, it's a, akin to, well, it's something like, like the only time that you can enter into that conversation is when that person has entrusted you with it. Um, and so that would be, I don't know, what are the things that we can consider off topic unless someone brings it up with us? Like, sex life <laughs> like like it's off limits to say like like even the i mean we know we know how problematic it is to be like uh oh if you lost weight is not it doesn't help anybody um for any reason and so that would be one sign um and then if if we are entering into if there is that consent there and if there if we are entering into conversation of body image in a social setting then it's something that has to be consensual all the way through and it's something that um like like i've never understood self-deprecating humor it's not appealing to me at all um because because it's it's very surface and so i want to know what's going on underneath and i think that those are the more important conversations and those are the more important settings that that we can get at oh well like you said that thing don't talk about my best friend that way <laughs> um, <laughs> but also what's what's going on underneath how can we address what's going on underneath what I'm hearing is not intentionally entering those conversations without first asking for consent unless the other person brings it up. Um, what about if it's something that you want to discuss? So let's say like, I'm like, Kelsey, I really want to chat about some of the, the, the shifts I've seen in my body uh, recently. You know, may, is there maybe a better approach for like bringing, if you want to start that conversation, how do you invite someone to be part of that? I I would need that person to like like understand if if I'm bringing it up with them it's because I trust that they know that um it's some it's somebody that I can have this conversation with um and like I said there's only a few of those um and like one of them just had a baby so I wouldn't be bringing up like body image with her because she's going through a whole different experience with her body um and so that's like that mutual kind of awareness but 
one of the things that is really that I'm trying to implement for myself is that although I have this idea of me being this person who always loves their body and I'm body positive and I'm and I'm all for all different kinds of bodies. Um, I also need to accept that there are things about my body that I sometimes I'm not going to love. And, and I can still have a caring and loving and gentle relationship with my body. And there be aspects of it that I want to work on and things that I want to pay closer attention to. And so accepting that my body is carrying me through the world and that's a powerful thing that it's giving me every day. And that maybe there are things that I can change that are within my control. And maybe there are things that I can't change that aren't within my control. And so just treating my body kind of like a different entity unto myself, kind of like a child. And being like, oh, you, you threw a tantrum today, and I am not putting up with that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you still love your child, even if they're screaming. <laughs> but you're not, you're not gonna put up with that. So Great I, that's really helped me in um, trying to move forward in my relationship with my body right now. And there's things that I don't love. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I think, I think that, you know, we, it's again, like, like we said, it's an individual journey and it's, and it's a lifelong journey because your body is going through changes constantly. Um, and you know, especially for, for people who travel, like you see how, how many shifts your body goes through just in like changing weather patterns, like after like one week, you know? So it's, it's, you have to remember yeah. that, you know, your body is also, um, it's also your, 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 your vessel for, for, it's a vessel. Yeah, for, for just, you know, leading you through life. Like you have to look at yourself from also a soul level. Um, and when you start connecting deeper within yourself and, 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 finding the things that you love about yourself internally. Like, I know this is really like cliche for me to say, but it is like, you do need to love yourself from within before you love yourself just on the outside, because loving yourself just on the outside isn't enough. It needs to, it, you're a full ecosystem. And you know, there's going to be parts of you always that you love. And there's going to be parts of you that you maybe don't and want to work on. And that is okay. And that is a journey that you need to go on, but you can't, let it get in the way of your happiness. So, you know, if that means that you like need to go to the gym four days a week, five days a week, six days a week, go. If that's what helps you in your mental health journey and the connection to your body, do what you got to do. If, you know, if you simply just cannot live without something sweet in the day, which is me, like I need to have something sweet at the end of the day, regardless of how much junk food I ate all day, like, you know, do what you need to do to nurture yourself. Um, because at the end of the day, like this is your, your, you're placed on this planet for a very short amount of time. Enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. And don't spend every day waking up thinking about 
these, these things that are so small in comparison to the experiences that you, uh, that your body lets you have. Um, so that's, that's Jasmine's little cheesy <laughs> conclusion. Reach. <laughs> pew, 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 snap, snap, snap. I saw you snapping in the background. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for opening up this space. Thank you for sharing this space with me. You know, this is a topic obviously that we navigate and discuss quite often together. Um, but I'm so grateful that we're able to have this conversation and we're comfortable enough to bring it out into the open, you know, help our community start more conversations around this. And of course, you know, if you guys are interested in like connecting with us to talk more about this, or there's a specific, you know, topic within, you know, the body image world uh, that you'd like to cover or, you know, come on the podcast and chat about, like we're here, hit us up. Um, Kels, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I'm so grateful for you and uh, your wisdom and all of the amazing goodness that you are able to share um, with your intimate community as well as the greater community um, within your community. So thank you so much. Oh so goodness, my pleasure. <laughs> Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening and thank you for doing the work be sure to jump over to curatedconsciously.co for more stories, tips, and inspiration for nurturing your conscious living journey. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Huge shout out to my incredible husband, Profound Sound, for the original dope tracks. Hope you all enjoyed, are feeling a little lighter, and are going into a beautiful and blessed day. <laughs>